introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way. Ain't get no time. Listen, it's the Poet Life Podcast. It is Friday night. We record on Friday nights uh, around nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And um, look, myself and my guest, uh, Miss Leah James, we're both tired. You know, it's the end of the week. Right. You know, but we're excited to be here on the Poet Life Podcast with you all for you all to listen and to view. Um, you know, you know how we do. We don't really do. We're not big on big introductions and, and, and things of that nature because the biggest thing is what we do on the podcast is um, we we get through that all of that in the episode, right? So I'm not going to sit here and tell you her whole bio and we're going to explain it all through our conversation. So, Miss Leah James, how are you? I'm tired, man. I've been working out, trying to build this quarantine body. I gained like 15 pounds. I've never weighed this quarantine much. 15. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be slim thick. And then I got <laughs> thick and I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Where's the slim? <laughs> Different. <laughs> right. <laughs> None of my pants fit. I'm like, so the gym's opened up by me. So I just be risking my life to be sexy. Right, right. No, I, <laughs> I completely understand. What's that shirt? Just show me that shirt real quick. Oh, I met God. She's black. That's dope. Right? That's dope. That's dope. I, I believe God is a black woman. Like, it just makes sense. We all come from black, a black woman. Why would God not be? I, I saw <laughs> you wearing that. I saw you wearing that because uh, I follow you. You know, I saw yeah. you on Instagram. Uh, you posted a pic of uh, you at a rally or, or a march. What was that about? Yeah, it was at a protest in Hamilton, New Jersey. Um, mm. I got to perform one of my poems, Dear Black Man and speak on yes. um, a little bit about race relations and being a white woman who is so outspoken about Black Lives Matter and gotcha. just Black lives in general. Sure. Um, it was really re rewarding. And this shirt, you know, it ruffles a lot of feathers and it gets people to think too. Um, sure. You know, why do we view God as a white man? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, I'm sure that is a conversation starter. It really is. And, you know, I actually had a conversation in the gym tonight about I have a Black Lives Matter mask. Mm. And, you know, I had a conversation with a white man about like, well, why can't I say all lives matter? And he was super receptive. And like, I changed his whole view. So I'm like, yo, I got to wow. keep wearing stuff like this because wow. like, people don't think, especially white people, if they're not exposed to other black people, they're not forced to think about race or racism. Right. Right. Um, so when they see a white person wearing stuff like this, you know, it really gets them to be like, what? And... Um, but this shirt is, yeah, because, you know, I think it was Malcolm X who said um, the black woman is the most hated person in America. Mm -hmm. And I believe that 100 um, percent. And I think this changes a lot of people's views on God. And if a black woman is a reflection of God, why wouldn't you respect her? You know, mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does start a lot of crazy conversations. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure about it. I'm sure about it. I, you know, I can't remember how long ago I, I, I started to follow you or when I've when I recognized you online. Um, but I, I do remember when you first put that poem out. Oh, yeah, that's been like five years now. Yes. It's been a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. That, but what's which. I was going to say what, but which situation was that? Which black man was killed five years ago? 
that was all arise. I want to say it wasn't Michael Brown. It's just, it's just sad. Isn't and that, that's crazy. Isn't that, that, like, we have to ask it that one? way and we not yeah, be so sure that's, that's crazy. Well, I released that poem before, like, stuff like that was trendy. Because I feel like right. now a lot of people, it's trendy to a lot of people. Like, it is. And then, I think that's frustrating to people like us who, like, you know, we've been about this life. But at the same time, I'm also happy that people are starting to, like, wake up and see. But um, I released Their Black Man as my first poem as Leah James, because before that I was part of a poetry group. Um, and then I left them and I'm like, I still do poems. So I released that poem. I actually wrote that poem two years before I released it. Mm. Um, so it's been part of my life for a very long time. Um, yeah, and it's just like a reflection of all the black men that I know. I wrote Dear Black Man and not Dear Black Woman. And I like to say this because it's obviously it's no disrespect to black women, sure. but you know, being a white woman who's only dated black men or being with a black man, even if he's not my boyfriend, I'm automatically overly sexualized um, mm -hmm. just because the history of this country and the propaganda that is spread um, about black men. Um, and being a young, naive white girl from Illinois, I'm like, what? What is going on? I was so heartbroken. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and so I wrote this poem and I'm like, you know, even black men would think that like, you know, I'm staring at them for the wrong reason. Um, I think there's a poet, I forgot his name, but he's in an elevator and he's doing a poem and a white woman walks in and she like grabs her purse. Mm. Have you seen it? I think I have. And like the end of the poem, he's like, boo. And she like screams. <laughs> I, I can't remember who that is, though. I can't remember either, but it's so iconic. And, like, when I saw that, I'm like, people really do that? Like, that's how naive I was. Like, I was just taught, like, not to judge someone by the color of their skin. God forbid, right? right? Yeah. So that's where that line in the poem comes from. Like, I will not hold my purse tighter just because you are around. Mm. Or lock my car doors just because you walk by. Um, so, yeah, that poem changed my life. Like, literally. It went mini viral. And, like... I know. That was not expected right. at all. Like, yeah. at all. Like, we released the video, we turned the phone off, got pizza, me and my videographer came back, and it had like 700 views in an hour. At that time, I had like five subscribers on YouTube. I was like, what? Wow. And now it has like over 20,000 views. I'm like, oh my God. Wow. How many right? times have you been requested or commissioned to write that piece? Uh, several. I can't or, even or, or, uh, to perform that piece, I should say. I, I don't even know. At this point, it's been so many. Um, I got to speak at Penn State University mm. on race relations because of it. Um, someone from my gym showed it to her counselor at school, and then they asked me to come speak. So I got to speak in a room full of white people about how white people are racist. <laughs> it was great. It was very educational, though, and very emotional. Right. Um, a lot of people cried. Um, it was an amazing experience. Um, and so I was horrified to release it and I'm grateful that I did. Um, I could say that for sure. Yeah. Did that, did that um, cause a lot of hatred um, from white people or what, I actually what got, did that do? So a lot of people in my life, I would say 99% of the people in my life are black. Um, mm. So a lot of my following is black. On YouTube, I got a lot of nasty comments um, from white men talking about very inappropriate sexual things. Um, 
that they would say once they find out a white woman likes a black guy. Um, but I got a lot of pushback from black people um, because a lot of black people are angry at white people and I believe rightfully so, right? And so who's this white lady just getting up here thinking that she could say all these good things and it's okay, right? Like I got a lot of that. Um, people who were part of like my poetry team that I was on were telling me that I shouldn't get paid to perform it, that I had no right to release it. I was like, what? And it's coming from a black man. And I'm like, what? Like, why didn't you write it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. Like, but that I think was a personal thing. It was hurtful though. It was very hurtful. Um, But on the flip side, I've had like people inbox me and say from hearing my poem, they like viewed themselves as beautiful for the first time. And to me, that's crazy that it took me like a white woman to show someone their beauty and worth. Like, you know, like, it just shows the depth of like the racism and hatred of mm. black people in this country and how it affects the psyche of people. Um, so I, yeah, I got a lot of negative feedback, but I don't care about that stuff anymore. Like I really yeah. don't. Like I know yeah. I was meant to write that poem and I was meant to release it. And it not only changed my life, but people have told me it's changed theirs. So, so let, let's start from the, be- from the beginning. When, when did you start writing poetry? I was 13 years old and it was right after my mother died. Wow. Yeah, and um, I'm from Chicago. Well, I'm from Joliet, Illinois, but it's right outside Chicago. Um, And my mother died when I was 13 and she died in May. In June, I had to move out to New Jersey to live with my sister that I didn't even know. She got married when I was three and I became very depressed and very suicidal. And my, I'm the baby out of five. So like my other sister bought me a journal and she was like, you know, you should write, you should get your emotions out. And I was like, how do I do that? Like where I'm from, we don't talk about emotions. We just right. survive, like right. literally. You um, live in it. Yeah, I come from a very abusive family, a very unhealthy, toxic, you know, I could say all these things now, but that was my norm growing up. Mm. So one day my depression got so bad and I really wanted to kill myself. Like I would pray. And I would be like, God, please don't let me wake up tomorrow. Like, I'd be cool with that. Mm. And instead of picking up a knife to slit my wrists, I pick up, I picked up a pen and I mm. wrote, I started writing. So I have, I still have the first poem I wrote. Like my brother has it somewhere in like a photo album. And I'm like, yo, keep that. It's going to be worth millions right, one day. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, um, so I started writing, but no one knew that I wrote. So I wrote for like three, four years. Um, and so I started sharing my poetry. And then um, this might be jumping a little head, but I suffered from a stroke, a brain aneurysm. Right. I ruptured and I lost my short term memory. At what age? 16. Um, it was three years right after my mom died. And mm. I lost my short term memory. And being the fighter that I am, I was like, I'm going to recover. God is going to heal me. Like, I'm going to be okay. I believe that God was like, you're going to be okay and was going to heal me. So I kept writing poetry and then I challenged myself to memorize poetry. I came across spoken word and I'm like, people do this? Like Mm -hmm. people are brave enough to share their hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, I came across Blair Wingo. She's Blair Lynn now, but um, she changed my life. And I met her and I cried. And I was like, you changed my life. And she was just so humble and sweet. But I came across her poetry and I'm like, I'm gonna do that one day. I came across P4CM. I was like, right. I'm going to be on their stage one day. Passion and, for Christ movement. Yep. And I started memorizing my poetry. My first poem took me about a month to memorize because my mm. memory was so bad. 
I then, um, years later, I made it onto the P4M stage, P4CM stage twice and wow. got to perform in front of 4,000, 5,000 people, poems that I wrote, like, in my car. Yeah. Like, so it's been a long journey, um, but I started writing as a child, basically. I was 13 and traumatized, and by the time I was 19 is when I fully, I really started sharing, and then 21, I started performing, and I'll be 30 this year. So mm. my whole life, I've been writing stuff and performing stuff, mm. and it saved my life completely. Wow! Yeah. Wow that that's um that's 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 tough and that's amazing at the same time. Yeah. You know. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Thirteen and yeah. then sixteen. Um. Wow. Um. Yeah. So so were you? Uh, introvert, or yes. you're an introvert? Okay, 100%. Are you, are you still an introvert? Um, I need my alone time to survive, okay. <laughs> but All I right. also like need people now. I think mm -hmm. I was introverted because I was really traumatized. Um, yes, from the abuse, the abandonment, the neglect, my mother dying, being bullied, like hating myself from all of those things. Um, you know, but I've put in a lot of work to heal myself. I have a lot of work to do, but I've also made like tremendous progress. So I think from healing my inner wounds and like loving my inner child, it's made me more extroverted and made me um, less fearful of people. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I honestly don't know how I have gotten the boldness to stand in front of thousands and be like, crying and stuff yeah. like i don't know like, right right it's insane yeah so, yeah yeah definitely um so what's all right so you you started at 16 i started writing at 13 i started 13. sharing it with people at 16 okay all right so so what was your first experience sharing um at my college i went to Okay. Um, Mercer County Community College. Um, a woman I went to church with at the time was president of the Christian Fellowship Club. And she was one of the people that I would text my poetry to. Mm. I like had like three or four people that I would like text my poems to. It was like our, our little secret. She asked me to share them publicly and I did. And then I started getting books to speak places. Like wow. literally, like I did not try. Wow. It was crazy. Like, but for years, like I come from a very Christian background. I'm sure. no longer part of the like religion or the church that I used to belong to. Um, but I still hold to like my spiritual roots. Mm -hmm. And like my whole life, people would tell me that I was called to speak to people. And mm -hmm. I would literally tell people that, like, no, I'm not, you're a liar. Like mm -hmm. straight up. Mm -hmm. Like I did not believe that. I didn't like people. I mean, like myself, I was so scared and like traumatized. And then when I seen it like unfold, I literally took one step out. And like all these doors opened and it was literally from sharing poems at my college. And then, you know, I started speaking at my church and the churches would book me and then women's conferences, youth conferences. And then it expanded to much, much bigger things now. Wow. And it's crazy to think about. <laughs> right. Right. So have you have you figured out your lane um, and if you have, have you figured out how to put your foot on the pedal? I'm not sure if I'm like, I don't know about figuring out my lane. Mm -hmm. I think that 
this could even just be my lane, um, sharing my journey and being right. transparent. Because when I first started sharing poetry, I was very religious. Mm. Um, I was very not as radical as people would say, um, even though like I always had these beliefs like women's rights, black rights, like all these things like LGBTQ rights. Like I've always loved people that I was always afraid to share them. But now it's almost like my brand is like Leah James unfiltered. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. I'll say anything. Like I say what everyone's thinking because mm -hmm. no one is brave enough to say it. Um, so my lane is loving people, whatever that may look like in that moment. Um, because that's why I speak. If people aren't being touched by anything I'm saying, I might as well sit down right. and shut up. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I'm still trying to find that as a woman, as you know, a woman who was once viewed as very religious, who is now not. Mm -hmm. um, that's been interesting, but I still am doing what I love. Like, so I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to find find it if I haven't. Yeah. Already. Yeah, I was telling you before we started recording that mm -hmm. that it seems to me your lane is community um mm. building and developing a community um you know uh around your experiences um yeah. that also resonate with other people yeah it's so awesome to hear other people put that into words because when you said that i was like yeah that's what i do but right. i would never say it that way i would right. just be like i don't know i love people and i just right. want everybody to love each other and right. like but you like structured it in a way where I can be like that. That's it. Like, that's yeah. what I do. Um, like I started an event series called Leah James Presents because I can't name things for crap. Um, so it's like Leah sometimes James that's Presents. That's the best. That's yeah. I mean, Tyler Perry Presents. Um, exactly. Right. And like now look at all the things he does. So I'm like, I don't just want to do poetry events. I want to do a lot of things, um, which I expanded to doing that. I did like a coat drive, a clothing drive where me and my girl partnered together and had a store where people can come shop and just take mm -hmm. stuff for free. And it was so cool. And mm -hmm. just from doing poetry, people knew who I was and they came. Like, so I, I just want people to be connected and to, it's funny when you said the word community, I kind of got triggered because like mm -hmm. being part of the church, everyone is like, you need community, but everyone right. like, hates each other and it's like really toxic and everyone talks about each other so i'm like i don't need community but now i genuinely have it and mm. i don't have to call it that it just is like you mm. know it's like i'm really surrounded by people who love me and support me and i really really want other people to experience that as well okay um, all right so in regards to the business side of things mm -hmm. um have you established uh, Leah James presents or is when you get paid it is to Leah James yeah so when I get paid it's to Leah my real last name because James is not my real last name I see. Um, gotcha. so all of the business stuff like people have been telling me to do it for years yeah but I was really stubborn and I didn't know how big Leah James was gonna grow I didn't plan on being here. Like I really didn't. So it's mm. like now I'm finally taking it seriously. And this year I do plan on getting my LLC um, and doing all that because there's so much more I want to do. Um, it's, it's so much, it's way further beyond poetry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, 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 um, you know, 
I, I want people to understand that poetry a lot of times can simply be a tool for you, a mm -hmm. vehicle for you, you know? Um, sure. Yeah, like Black Chakra, he started out as a rapper. Yeah. You know, and he's using, he used rap uh, to kind of, I guess, hone his lyric mm -hmm. skills, his lyrical skills. And, but he saw from this, this these are his words. I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing obviously. But um, he said that, hey, you know, rap is, is flooded. Like mm -hmm. everybody wants to be a rapper. Um, but poetry is wide open. Right. What if I brought my skill set in rap to poetry? And because my lyrical ability is so profound, and he'll tell you he has no quarrels about, mm -hmm. you know, uh, him saying how awesome he is, and I love it. Um, right. That's uh, great. Right. And 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 I think, and this is a tangent. I think. Too many people are too humble. Yes, you want to be humble. If you're awesome, say you're awesome. I used to be like that. They'd be like, you're so great. I'd be like, no, I'm not. It's all God. And now I'm like, I'm amazing. <laughs> I am great. God, yeah. thank you. God yeah. made me great. Like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, I think it's important. Yeah. You know, um, but he he was he was saying that poetry's it's still in its infancy, even though poetry is old as ever. Right. But the industry yeah. is in its infancy. In this country. If you go to London, you could be a celebrity in two weeks. Wow. As a poet. Like, my ex-boyfriend toured in London. Like, from, he went from America, went to London, did a whole two-week tour, and came back with, like, thousands of dollars. Like, poets are esteemed in London. Listen... Man, life look, London. Just saying. Right star, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> For real. Lon London. Yeah. In, in, in Europe. Yeah. London London is cool. I know some people over there too. We could talk. Um, I could give yes. you some names. Yeah, yeah, with. yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. And and it's so funny. I go on tangents and then I leave the con like I leave the topic that I was just talking about. Right. Uh you're talking about black, black chakra, how he's black chakra. Yeah. So poetry is wide open. So he said, I would stand out mm -hmm. for my lyrical ability in poetry because that way of presenting poetry is not super prevalent. Right, right. You know, so he's known mm -hmm. for putting yeah. bars together. Yeah, I know his name. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever ever heard of stuff, but I've seen him like Listen. advertise and yeah. I've heard go to Instagram. Go to Instagram and go oh, to Black Chakra. Yep. Yeah, matter of fact, watch watch our um um we our episode with him for sure. I will for twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. Myself and J. Rod D just sat back. Wow! And let him go. Like he 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 just he That's amazing. He studies the game. That's so great. That's so impressive to me, man. Yes. Especially because I'm like, I just do it because I love it. Like, you know, like when people who are like yeah. studying. Yeah. But them. you know, and that's and so <laughs> that's the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. That's the because we get we get the poets that believe that you should not be getting paid. We you, you know you shouldn't capitalize or or you know 
make poetry capitalistic, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. All right, so that's why our motto or mission is is uplifting the poetry community, building the poetry industry. Yeah. So you have the community where it's all hugs and loves and and, right. and do it for the love poetry. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But don't get mad at the poets right. that want to make it a career. That's not once I made that transition, people started to get real uncomfortable. Oh, you 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 selling like, out. You right, right. Yeah. Oh, she thinks she this, she thinks she that. Because I want to do this for a living for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to work seven jobs to like be able to pay to travel somewhere. No, they're going to pay me to get there because I know that what I have is important and needs to be heard. So like that took me years, though, to get to that point. Like a lot of years. I performed a lot of times for free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and that, too, that Mm -hmm. whole exposure thing and, you know, or just the fifty dollars thing. Yeah. Right. Like you know, I like I've I haven't done that in a very long time. But when I was coming up, <clears throat> like as a poet, fifty dollars, I was like, what fifty dollars? That's a lot. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm like no thanks, I can't. Like I can't. Like I literally I have bills. Like I have to pay my rent and I have to feed myself. I have car insurance, a cell phone bill. Yeah. Like I'm a person. Like and so my art is valuable. That. Yes, right, right. And I think Period. that was the key for me. I didn't really I didn't know my value as a person or as a woman, so I didn't view my art as mm. value. Now I'm like, I am unique. No one brings to the stage what Leah James brings. You're going to pay me, and you're going to pay me what I request because that is what I'm worth, and I'm actually worth a lot more than yeah. what I request. <laughs> like, you know so- what I'm, you know what I'm learning. I'm I'm learning that <clears throat> that, um, because I'm 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 studying uh, ways in which. I want to present, you know, my platform and uh, our services, right? And so I'm learning that you should not um, place a price on your time and the 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 value of your art. You should, however, place a price on the value that you provide. Mm-hmm the client or the customer because think about it you you're you're performing at an event and what what, what's your customer doing your customer is making money at that event on the back of you yeah the fact that you're there they're they're going to make you you drew the people there so they booked you for a reason Mm -hmm. because they knew that you could draw the crowd and they could make more money Okay, cool. I need my piece of that. Right. You see what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And because it's okay to ask for it. You're leveraging me. Yes. Listen. All right. So, so compensate me yeah. for the money that you are going to make. I've had whole organizations say, I want you on this lineup because you're Leah James and I know mm. you'll bring people out. And I got paid like $200 and they had like, thousands of people there charging like $40 a ticket and I'm over here selling my t-shirts like trying to make rent money and I'm like yo if the the Leah James that I am now (laughs) knew that like they were basically pimping me out like that's what they're doing yeah um and like the whole leader of the organization turned out to be a whole sham it was crazy and Mm. I'm like but I didn't know I was naive and I just wanted people to hear my voice 
Um, so now that's why I share my story now. Cause I'm like, yeah. nah, it's okay to get paid. Um, you know, I do host events, but it's like my friends come perform for me. I come perform for them. Like that's part like a community thing, you know, but like the yeah. goal is to yeah. get each other paid. Like right. you got to start from somewhere. Like those right. $50 events I did, you know, they built a little bit, little bricks in my foundation, right. but they're not enough to sustain the whole big picture I'm trying to build. Most it's just not possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, how are you pivoting in in this season of COVID? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was happening? What was happening prior um, oh, to COVID? Um, I was on tour with Her Story. Okay. Um, it's an all-woman cast. It's been around for like, sheesh, I don't even know. 15 years, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's historically known across the country. Um, we were on tour. We did like three stops maybe. And it was, it was life changing in the mm. three stops. Like the cast, we meshed so well. I have never been around people where like we cared for each other on and off stage. Like it is, I'm getting chills, like talking about them. Like mm. they're just so great. Um, and then when COVID hit, we had to shut the whole tour down and it caused all of us to be depressed. I was depressed for months, like literally literal depression. Like yeah. couldn't get out of bed, like felt like I was losing my mind. I already deal with depression. So like huge life changes, like um, it was hard. But now I think I've finally adjusted to the new norm. So mm -hmm. like, you know, like I can't be around all these people all the time. There's probably not gonna be a lot of live performances for a while. Right. Um, I got word that our tour might be picking up again in a couple okay. months um hopefully that's you know that'll happen um whether it's online or not um it's been hard but i've been writing poetry i've been writing new poems nice yeah nice. and i'm gonna share them eventually but like now i've like i've been writing for me and i said this earlier when we were talking i'm like this time has allowed me to remember how i started and i started alone mm. i didn't start on a stage, I started writing alone, like when no mm. one knew. Um, so it's kind of a nostalgic, beautiful feeling to do mm. that same thing as a grown woman, um, a grown healing woman, rather than a broken little girl. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been writing some beautiful stuff and I'm really excited to share it with the world. Yeah, um, It's pushed me to actually start writing my book. Um, at least writing it in my head, but getting, right, <laughs> getting right, the, right. the boldness to like go out there. So it's been up. It's been a roller coaster. I'm yeah, not I'm gonna sure. lie. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how's that process? How's that process going? Um, writing the book. So for me, I want to release a poetry book first because okay. that's how people know me, and people have been asking for that for years. So for me, it's like, okay, well, my poems have dramatically changed since I first started writing poetry. And um, I think for me, what holds me back is overthinking it. Mm. When I try to be structured in my writing or like do an outline, like I, I'm not the poet who sits down and edits a million times. I don't think I've ever edited a poem that mm. I released. And when I tell people that they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't do that. Um, so I think like, putting that pressure on me to think that I need to sit down and edit and do all this stuff is holding me back. Um, and the fear, like I said before, of being successful is holding me back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I'm at this point where I'm ready to break out of all of that. And I'm like, right. no, I have something that needs to be heard. So I literally just need to take like three days off of work, lock myself in my apartment, cry, 
right. get some wine and right. just write this book. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just get it out of me. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be titled. Um, I do know that it's going to be like a picture and poetry compilation. Mm-hmm. Um, last year for my birthday, I got to go back to my hometown and I lived in seven different houses by the time I was 11 years old um, because we were really poor and we moved a lot. Mm-hmm. And I did a photo shoot in front of each of the seven houses I lived in. Wow. And I'm going to add that to my poetry book and do an excerpt about each house and like what I experienced in each house and how it has built me to be who I am today. Um and I think the fear of like traveling down memory lane and like reliving a lot of the trauma, like that's also something that's, it's very real and very scary. Right. Like my art isn't just sunshine and rainbows. Like this is how I heal. So it's like, you know, that's all my process. Like I don't have a meticulous organized process. I'm like, okay, am I ready to re-traumatize myself this week? Right, and, and like, right, you know, right, like, right. Am I, am I yeah. mentally prepared to go down this path? Um, but I finally feel like I've done enough inner healing and inner work that I am ready to share this with the world um, because they, the world needs it. I need it, you know? Right. Um, and I want to be a published author. Like, I want to yeah. add that to my bio. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. um, about what Leah has to present. Thank you. Yeah, no, like, really, <laughs> because... because I, I want poets to think so much bigger, you know? Yeah. Poetry is so much bigger than open mics and chat books. So much. You know? Yeah. And and um um Leah Leah presents and you've shown it. Mm. You know, and, and this may be a great time to present, you know, and mm-hmm. allow your creativity to flourish and continue to work with your friends yeah you know collaborate and and put like this is the perfect time people are home and they've binged watched everything right (laughs) everything and they're like they're calling their friends their family i know this because my my family doesn't and i do it you know um Mm -hmm. all right what do we what 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 else is there to watch right right you know you know so what if they shared on Facebook your live event, yeah, or your upcoming podcast, or what you right. know, what you're saying, yeah, you know, so right. I, yeah, like because mm-hmm. there is no industry if it's just one entity or one person winning or yeah. growing. You know, we need hundreds and thousands of people poets right. doing it, right? You know what I'm saying? So. So, so, um, I, ch- I challenge you on that. Like, yeah, go, go with that Leah James presents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, cause it'll sure. open so many. Yeah. Just having this platform, the podcast opens so many doors mm-hmm. because they not, they don't just see me. Right. They see me coming with yeah. a platform. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so become more than just Leah James. And that book will do it too. Yeah. That's some deep stuff, man. It's good. I needed that. No, for real. You know, and and, and that's what I push. That's Mm -hmm. what I push. Like, just know that I think that's, and we talked about this too, you know, knowing your worth 
Yeah. Um, and just knowing that you're you're worth so much more, um, um, and 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 you're worthy of so much more too. Yeah. 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 That's been yeah. a theme in my life, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's been really projecting me to walk fully in my purpose and just yeah. the fullness of who I am. Yeah. Um, being worthy and being worthy of good things and being worthy of success if that comes. Um, that's a it's a real fear. It's a real thing yeah. to battle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for those words, man. Yeah, as mm-hmm. as a as a father and as a husband with yeah. you know with with three kids, I, I I'll tell a single person with no kids this all the time: work now yeah. on on you and the things that you want to create. Mm-hmm. You know, because your time is limited now. Right. Right. You 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 know you know what I mean. You you yeah. love. Your love, you love and appreciate your new life, um, but at the same time, you're like, oh man, yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. so now I wake up super early to get have time to run, um, mm-hmm. to write. You yeah. know, I try to get up before my kids get up. You know, because yeah. I'm a super present father. Yeah, that's great. You know what right. I mean. You know, so so I, I take that very serious and, mm-hmm. and nothing comes above it other than God. Right. You know, so 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 appreciate your alone time and yeah. begin to build. Yeah. That's really good advice. Yeah. I feel like my life has been filled with so many distractions that now it's finally calming down. But I'm so used to the chaos that I'm like, all right, COVID I gotta create has, <laughs> COVID has pressed the reset button. It really has. And for everybody. Yeah, for everyone. And I think, you know, we should be grateful for our health and the time that we do have. And, you know, like I was working for myself for four years and Mm. that was so hard, like doing that. I wasn't savvy about the business end. So I struggled a lot, posting my cash app up like every other week, (laughs) talking junk. My rent got paid because people cared. Um, But I started a job in February. COVID hit really hard in March and I've been working from home since. So it's like, I'm so blessed in this moment. I'm so grateful. I have my first time salary job during a, during a worldwide pandemic. Like I'm, I'm about to move into a new apartment in a, out the hood. Like I've lived in the hood my whole life. Like I finally get to get out of the the pandemic. Like, so it's like all these great things are happening. And like, I think that, you know, when, other physical things align in your life. I think that's a sign that shows that spiritually and artistically, because I think spirituality and your creative creative abilities go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It shows you that it's it's time to run with that as well. Yeah. Um, so you know the physical world often mirrors the spiritual, and so I feel like it's time for me to write that book, man. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, next time you have me on here, I'll be a worldwide known author. Oh, I can, I can believe it. <laughs> you already have a cult following. That's so funny. Like, <laughs> I don't pay attention to that. Your, your, <laughs> your comment game is heavy. Your engagement Listen, is crazy. Most of it is me telling people off because they'd be saying some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, they're there. No, they're, you're so right. You're right. And they for a reason. Yeah. You know, when you put right. that book out, let them hate on the book and 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 right. let them buy it and and hate on it. Right. Like, man, <laughs> I read your book. It's terrible. Right. Well, well thanks for buying it. I appreciate you, it. You paid. You paid me. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. You made me to hate my book. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what's um what's what's on the horizon for for Leah James presents? Um I kind of put like the event series on the back burner a little bit um because of COVID, but mm-hmm. I want to do an artistic um protest type of event. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I partnered with the Starbucks in Trenton and I'm really close with the manager. I saw that. Yeah, and um they're really it's a community store, so it's not just a regular franchise. They actually actively engage the community and hire only people from our community. Sounds um, like yeah. Yeah, it's really great. And because, you know, a lot of people were against Starbucks for a while when right. that was not even true. Like the manager even told me, I was like, yo, tell me what's up because I can't keep working with y'all. Don't right. support black. I can't, ride with y'all. Right. I can't wear this shirt if y'all. So her husband's black. She's a, um, I think she's Puerto Rican. And like everyone she employs is black. Like, so mm. she was like, that was not true. It was one single employee who falsely advertised. You know, I don't really get that when when it's a it, when it's an employee right it was a random like barista she was like he didn't even know what he was talking about like and all starbucks said was that they want to provide their employees like with the uniform no, I, yeah I, I, <laughs> like, I, yeah it, yeah because you know people don't understand that it is an establishment and they're not necessarily saying that mm-hmm. you, we we don't support black lives matter right. It is all right. Listen, what our plan is going to do, you have to wait, you gotta be patient. What we're gonna do mm-hmm. is we're gonna provide our own so we can stay with the continuity and everybody is exactly. uniformed. Mm-hmm. And they did that with the LGBTQ movement. Like they have yeah. pins and hats. Yeah, I and saw shirts. that too. Yeah, yeah. And like I thought that was beautiful. So I think I'm like, we, they... we cancel too fast. Yeah. We we cancel people and entities too fast. As soon as yeah. we, we're knee jerk counselors. Because we're hurting. You know, people are hurting, yeah. they're angry. Um, they wanna, you know, fight back in any way yeah. they can. We're like but... who said something? You said something. Right, exactly. Trust yeah. me, I, I get it all the time. They're yeah. really <laughs> but um so I work with them and, you know, I want to host, I want to somehow try to figure out how I can start that back up again and um, impact my community. And, and, and I live in an all black community and like try to make it so it benefits the people I live around. Um, but for me personally, my book, I want to do a podcast. Everyone mm-hmm. keeps telling me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm like, with that, I'm like, well, what direction do I go in? And I'm like, all of them. I'm going to go in all of them. I'm going to talk about everything I'm passionate about because <laughs> I don't know where just, to start. <laughs> just start and right. evolve. Yeah. Don't don't overthink. Yeah. Just, just start and evolve. Because when we started, um, mm-hmm. you know, we were we were just talking poetry, right. you know? And, and it wasn't until um, um, I, I saw a podcast called Earn Your Leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a it's a business podcast where these two African American gentlemen, uh, young young dudes, still speak the way they speak. They're not trying to mm-hmm. speak the queens or kings English or whoever it is, right. you know. Um, <laughs> and they resonate with so many young, you know, folks mm-hmm. that they have the number one business podcast in the oh, world. Wow. They, they didn't go to Harvard and all this other stuff. Right. Regular, regular cats, regular, right. regular dudes, um, uh, and they and what they do is they bring people on that are that are movers and shakers that are doing it, 
and they teach. And so that's that's, amazing. that's how I modeled season two. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing you on. We're chopping it up. We're breaking it down on yeah. how you created the community that you've created. And that way it is organic. You don't have to sit down. All right. What's my what's next episode right. going to be? Exactly. That's the headache. Right. Right. That's I'm the like, headache. That's, when I, I'm telling you, when I organize stuff, I stunt myself because I'm like, yeah. I'm a free flowing. Like, I just want right. to do yeah. what I feel. Yeah. So when I feel yeah. organized, I feel boxed in. And then I'm like, I'm right. just not going to do it because I don't right. know what to do. Like, that part of like that stubborn little kid is still there because I don't know, like, how to operate that way. But just like your poetry, mm-hmm. um, um, when it's working, why? Mm-hmm. That's your strategy. That's that's right. your flow. Right. You're absolutely right. You know, like, don't don't feel like that you have to, you know, the the poet gods say I have to structure (laughs) my poetry or I'm not a poet. There's people People who love your poetry. That's that's your barometer right there. Period. Really good point. You're teaching me so much right now. This is great. People laugh at me, but I'm like haiku (laughs) on on a typewriter. That's crazy though. Like you're known for that. They, they literally laugh. But I, I, I said, do you understand that I make money with this right. type of writer? Right. <laughs> right. And you laughing at the, what are you making money? How, how are you making money? Like, seriously. Right. You know what I mean? It's oh. so, so yeah, I've, I've learned to, you know, laugh yeah. with them and, you yeah. know what I mean? You know, because it's, it's, it's stupid. Yeah. Like right, I said, if I was just broke and not doing anything. <laughs> but even right. still then, if I even wanted then, to do that, cool. Exactly, right. It's what you want to do. Like, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think I think subconsciously I still, like, think what other people have to say. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I need to do it to this type it's of natural. form. And yeah, so it's a little hard to break out of. But I'm, like, right there, you know, for, like, I'm about to bust out. Like you, 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 You've broken out of it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I have. You are like, out of your shell. Uh, so right. Your shell you're is right. broken. Okay. Right. Everyone's like, I've seen you bust out of it, and I'm like, did I really? And I'm like, I really did though. Like I did. So I don't it's know. A, it's it a is. matter of owning it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's you know I I I was not interested. And I told you I was not mm-hmm. interested in becoming the face of my brand. Right. You know I I was gonna plant. Uh, uh, I call them um, brand ambassadors and, yeah. and all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And but I was finding that that I had to depend on those people. Yep. Yeah. In order for me to make moves and maneuver, you know. Mm-hmm. But now that you know, God has given me the the confidence to say, "Hey, all right, this is who I am. This is this is what we're going to do." Um, things are flowing, man. Things That's are going. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So really excited about it. And I, I just want that for everybody. Right. Right. Because as we've seen, there's 180,000 people gone from right. COVID, from something that has come five months ago. Right. So it's like COVID has shown me that anything can happen. Right. Literally, <laughs> literally, yeah. To the entire world at one time, right? You know, so it's like literally now or never, right? 
because who knows like how long this is gonna last. I might as well. But when see, am I gonna what, have this much free time? I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Look, but, when we were busy, when we yeah. were busy, he was like, "Man, I'm so oh, I got so much going on. Yeah. I can't write. I can't yeah. work out. I can't. Now we ain't got. Now we got all the time in the world. Exactly. I can't write. I can't work out. Because right. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what do I do with all this time now? It's like an overwhelming ocean of just time yeah. and dreams. And it's like, wow, I actually have the opportunity to follow all these things I've dreamed about. This Which is, one do I pick? Like, this you is, know, this is heaven for the creative. Yeah. It Definitely. should be. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting there. You know, the depression hit me hard, but that's no, sure. a real part of life. And, you know, I, I use that to create. Like once I come out of it, you know, I, I yeah. use that. Yeah. So, you know, I just got to ride these waves and make this happen. And I'm just grateful that I have the strength and the audacity, so to say, to do so. Right. Um, so yeah, I have broken out of my shell. You're right. I gotta stop mm. acting like. <laughs> did did writing pull you out of depression back then? Yes. Or did you wait until you got out of it? Um, I think back then it pulled me out. Um, because I feel like my depression kind of got worse as I got older. Okay. Um, because now I know what it is, and now um. I know. Like before, I thought that was normal. Now I know what it is, and. You know, sometimes I can't get out of bed for days. I don't have a desire to write. Um, but I have a really close friend who come and knock on my door and she'll drag me out of bed and like mm. make sure I'm good. And I'm so grateful for her. Um, shout out to Taffy because she won't mm. listen to this. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it did pull me out before. But now um, I still write when I'm depressed, but more so when I'm like anxious, like when I'm like, I don't know, need to get it out. But sometimes life just be beating me down so much where I'm like, I'm not even writing. Like, it's yeah. not like I'm not. Like, that's real. Like, you know, like I've built, I've almost like built a career off my trauma, right? Because I started right. writing poems about my trauma. But then like, as I grew and I'm like, oh, okay, poetry's not enough to heal me from this trauma. Like, right. this is a real heavy weight. Yeah. So now I've been doing other work. Like I started therapy during quarantine. Um, you know, I'm looking for a new therapist, but I started like, you right. know, like I started yeah. therapy, I started healing on my inner self. So now what I write it, you know, it'll be different. It'll take on a different form, a different shape. Um, so, yeah, like I still write, but it's not like it was when I was younger because I have other tools now. Like I have wow. other ways to heal myself that are more tangible, I see. Um, you know. Okay. Which I think a balance is so important, especially people who deal with mental illness. Like, right, we can't always write our way out of depression. Right. Like, sometimes you need to get medication. You need to get therapy. You need to get prayer. Whatever you do. Like, yeah. You know. Are you challenging yourself to write more than pain poetry? What do you know? <laughs> no, I have not been doing that yet. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You said pain poetry, right? Yeah, like you know, like, like yeah. I was when I was like in love. Okay. I so I was in a relationship. I was so in love. It was yeah. so great. I'm like, I'm writing love poems. Right. Love and then right. we broke up and I got my heart shattered. <laughs> and I'm like, I hate love. Back to, where, that. Like, back you know, to what like, works, huh? <laughs> but actually experiencing love, which I believe is like that relationship was the most real love I've ever experienced from a man. 
it has opened up that door to write mm. about love, mm. to be open to speaking about it, to be open up myself to like softness and that hardness. Not everything mm. has to be dark and sad, you know, like, yeah. but sometimes that's real. And like it, it, it need, and me, you know, I'm, I'm such a bubbly person. I'm such an open person. You know, you always see me dancing or doing something on Instagram. And like, you know, I think it's important for me to talk about the darkness that I face as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to find that balance, but yeah. once I get through this pain, I think I think you know the happy, funny stuff will come. That's cool. That's cool. Mm. I, I like it. I like it. So, um, in in regards to all right, so we have the community, we have the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a healthy balance with both, um, where you write for the love of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or the side where you're leaning towards trying to make this a career? How does that look for you? Well, I made it a career for a while. I right. feel like, um, I don't know. Like, it, it, I came to a point where I'm like, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Or how do I want this to look? Because I, I, I love performing. But um, performing live poetry has sparked a passion for acting in my heart. Nice. Um, Ever since I was a child, though, I always wanted to be an actress. Like, there's some VHS videos of me somewhere where I stole Uh someone's camcorder and, like, was acting like a reporter. It's hilarious. But I'm like, oh, I've always been this way. Like, I just forgot about those dreams. Um, So I kind of want to pursue, like, an acting career. Um, Like, you know, the balance of being in the industry and performing all the time it's really draining um for me yeah i guess because like i when i perform it's not just like hey i wrote this cool poem you want to hear it it's like hey i wrote this poem that saved my life and now i'm gonna bear my soul in front of all of you strangers right like like doing that back to back to back to back to back is extremely draining um so i experienced that i experienced that life um i love touring but i would not want to tour the whole year so now I'm starting to like diversify my talents and not just my income, which of course the diversity of my income will come from that. But mm-hmm. um, like you said before, poetry being like a stepping stone or like a platform yeah, to get to bigger places. Launching pad, yeah. Yeah, like I see that happening in my life now. Like a lot of people that yeah. I've met through poetry are actors who are now teaching me how to get into acting. Um, you know, like... I have a guitar. I want to learn how to play the guitar. I like to sing. So, like, poetry has given me the confidence to get right. into other industries. That's what I'm um, talking about. Yeah. And I'm really excited about it because it's like, you know, I'm about to be 30 next month. Or, mm. yeah, in October. Is it September yet? I don't even know. But mm. I'm going to be 30 in October. So, I'm like, October you know, what? 6th. 25th. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my best friend's birthday, I think it's the 28th. Wow, that's so, my yeah. that's my little cousin's birthday. Oh, October cool. twenty eighth, yeah. October babies were the best, man. Yeah. Anybody says I love <laughs> people born in October. Like everyone yeah. I know born in October, we're just so great. Like, yeah, definitely. That's so definitely. cool. So, so yeah, that's what it looks like for me now. Um, poetry will always be a part of my life. Yeah, whether it's personal or public or yeah. whatever, because it saved my life. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I'm just like. I feel so free. So now it's like, oh, there's options. Like, you know, like, right. So I want to use my poetry to get me in the door to other things that I, that I desire to do. 
I nice. think that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, no, th- yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's what I was trying to get to. Like, mm-hmm. look at um, look at Amari Hardwick, Ghost, right? Yeah. From Power. Mm-hmm. He he he's poetry. Yeah. You know, right. I follow him on Instagram. I didn't know he started mm-hmm. in spoken word and That's in poetry. Amazing. Right. And, and now he has his own poetry podcast. That's so amazing. See? Poetics. Yeah. And he still does poetry. So it's exactly. like, I still can do that. Like, And that would that was my fear. I'm like, I love poetry so much. I love writing. I'm like, but I want to pursue these things. I'm going to have to stop doing poetry. And that's not true. Like... It's not true. Yeah, it's not true. Like, and then, like you said, a lot of poets, I feel like they, um, you know, they limit themselves. Yeah. Especially yeah. like putting poet in your name, like Leah the poet yeah. or right. poet. Like, right. like I would advise people not to do that because like yeah. it's, you're gonna box yourself in by doing that automatically. Right. Like, you know, so it's like yes, you are a poet and that is who you are, but you are much more than that. You sure. are a creator, right. and you never know when like your spirit will shift and you want to create something else. Yeah. Um, and so I'm opening myself up to the idea of following all of my dreams and not just limiting myself to poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy that I even think that way now. <laughs> mm-hmm. but see, that's what will also help you mm-hmm. and pull you out of the depression. 100%. I'm the most happy when I'm creating and when I'm following my dreams and being an artist, like, yeah, it's yeah. Honestly, like so when, when I'm you, performing, when you don't feel like writing, mm-hmm. you can be working on your acting right career. Well, that's why I started painting. Actually, nice. These paintings, yeah. I don't know if you could see. Let me see if I could show you. Mm-hmm. So I painted the blue one. And now, you know, I was watching. You did those three? Not the, not that one. That's a Banksy. Okay. Someone got, gave me that, but if you look, it's a church with like graffiti and um. Is that stained glass, stained glass. Yeah. So my gotcha. brothers are graffiti artists, and wow. you know, religion was a really big part of my life. And um, when I went back home to visit for my birthday, I stayed with my brother's ex-girlfriend, and she had this painting in her apartment, and it stopped me in my tracks and like took my breath away. And she noticed and sent me a copy of it for my birthday. So did I you like, ever? See? Did you ever partner with your brother with the graffiti and your poetry? We've talked about it, but. My brothers have been in and out of jail my whole life. I see, I see. <laughs> so, no, I get it. I understand. Like, we from the hood hood, so... Right. I <laughs> get they're it. they're extremely talented, and um, growing up around, you know, break dancers and graffiti, it really, really influenced me. Mm. Um, so that's how I started drawing, and I, my sister's a painter. She's an oil painter. Um, wow. We're very artistic. We all get it from our father. Um so, like, my family were just filled with talent. So I've learned oh. how if when I can't write and I can't get the words out, I paint. So, you know, I, I painted the blue one <laughs> after, like, my really bad breakup. Mm-hmm. I painted the red one when I was real angry and passionate because I didn't <laughs> want to write about it. I'm, like, sick of writing about being right. angry, so I'm like, I'm going to paint. Right. And then I painted this one when I was feeling, like, real peaceful and happy. Like, nice. Yeah. Nice. So That's you know, cool. I do it all. But um, I haven't seen really that cool. on Instagram. Did you share that on Instagram? No. Okay. I haven't shared. This is like a sneak peek. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't shared my paintings on Instagram yet. Cause, uh, cause I'm I'm learning when you when you develop a when build uh, a community, mm-hmm. they support heavily. Yeah. So like, 
my paintings are, it's kind of like, I always compare my art to being pregnant. I've never been pregnant, but like, I know a lot of right. people who have. No, you're, being you're, a you're woman, pregnant it's like, with, right. Yeah. With art, with purpose, with something. It's like, a, it's like the same process, like with my poetry, like I'll have an idea for a poem and I won't write it until mm -hmm. I feel like I'm ready to, it has to develop. It has to grow inside of me. Right. So like these paintings, like, I put my heart, my soul, my emotions into them. Like I'll paint them and ask people, like, what do you feel when you see this? Like, I feel like I'm developing that. So once I feel confident enough and I feel like, oh, this craft has been developed, I'm ready to birth it mm. to the world, um, then I will and I'll do it full force. And yeah. I know people will support it and that'll just be another way to, you know, live off my passion. Another stream. Exactly. Yeah, so imagine the feeling you know, when someone comments and says, how much is that? Right, right. That's gonna be dope. I'm gonna be like a thousand dollars for this acrylic painting that I made on the floor in my apartment. <laughs> exactly. Because I know my work. Exactly, right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So where are you at now? You're in New, New Jersey, where, where are you now? Yeah, I live in Trenton, New Jersey. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. gotcha. Do you frequent New York? Awesome. I was, I was. I mean, I've been to New York a couple times during the pandemic, which it was when it was like really bad, which I had no business being in New right. York during that time. Right. Right. But um, I haven't been back in a while, which okay. I'm itching to be back because New York is my second home. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Have you have you been in those um, you know, digital uh, open mics and things? I performed at a couple. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. It wasn't yeah. the same, but it was I know. cool. I know. Yeah. 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 I judged for a lot of um, competitions. I did like Louder Than a Bomb, the one in Chicago. Okay. I got to be a judge for that, which was super cool. Really? Um, yeah, it was really great. Nice. So I've done a, I've done a couple cool things during quarantine, but I miss people. Sure, <laughs> I can. I, I especially for those who love the stage mm -hmm. and interacting that way. I can imagine, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, a spiritual experience. Right. I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's funny. Um, uh, at first, you know, when I start having kids and things of that nature, you know, and, and, and I was I was building this platform. Um, I call I call Oh, I call uh, over the poet. Oh, yeah. That's my friend. <laughs> yeah. It's my guy. Like, you know, and I, I was him. like, you know, what do you think it is? Like, why do you why why, why do you think? other poets and like not supporting you know mm -hmm. and and i was and he was like chris i'm gonna be honest with you you know um they they love what you're doing you know but mm -hmm. they don't know you mm. and that was when i was like really behind the scenes yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you're not on the scene you, right. you're not at the open mics and so on and so forth so they, they don't know you so it's just right. like you you have to figure out i know you got the kids i know you got the wife you know but mm -hmm. you have to figure out how to relate and then yeah. allow them to relate with you. So this whole COVID thing like really works for me because yeah. now everybody's in the house. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. So I can, yeah, I can just come up to the loft, you know, yeah. or the closet or whatever, you know, <laughs> and, and do what I do. Yeah. And um, so it, it works for me, but I completely, understand how it can be like oh my god i gotta get back to the stage yeah like when you're a live performer and you love it it's that, something about the energy and i feel like i'm 
I mean, I'm my most authentic self pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on stage, like, I feel like I am doing what I have been born to do. Like, wow. and it's just such a magical experience. Like, and when I first start performing, it's funny how, like, we tell God things, right? I'm right. like, God, I'll do this if you always show up every time, right? <laughs> if, God's if, like, I'm if all the time anyway, yeah. right? right. <laughs> and so, like, but that's literally what happens. Like when I perform, I feel such a strong presence with me. And whether that's coming from myself or the greater power, like whatever it is, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been learning how to cultivate that in other ways. But there's something about the stage, man, that yeah. only people who are like passionate right. you know, understand. Um, yeah. But I know I'll get back. That's Might dope. be in 10 years, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the next time I have you on, you know, uh, that book is out. Yes. That yes. book will be out it and will be. flying off the shelves. Yes. Uh, the digital shelves, the physical shelves, all of that. I you embrace know. that. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And so, um, look, it's, this is recorded. So, uh, right. <laughs> look, get to work, proof, man. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be a big old liar. <laughs> <laughs> but those paintings also will right. be. Flying right. off the walls right. and be hung on the walls and things of that nature. So, man. Yeah, that like, such a dream. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's just keep saying to yourself, I'm worth more. I'm mm. worthy of more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and just let it go. Let it fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If, if I can step from behind the scenes, you know, you can mm-hmm. do what you need to do. Right, you're absolutely right, and you've encouraged yeah. me so much. And I was like, I'm "That's why this it. was for me. If it wasn't for nobody else." Right, exactly. <laughs> but this just like you said, this mm. this is then going to resonate with a whole lot of people. That and like yeah. saying, like wow, like they're saying, like wow, right? He's right. Like mm. I'm saying because I've I've lived it for the longest, right? And I've seen you, like I've seen yeah. it happen for you. Yeah. Like, that's why it's like so beautiful yeah. to be here in this moment, and like. I remember when you were like behind the scenes, someone was like, yo, the poet life guy's here. And I'm like, right. Right here. like, and I'm like, what does he even look that's like? Hilarious. And that's when I met you in New York. And I was like, yeah. hey, are you the guy? And yeah. Like- you know what? And I used, I actually used mm-hmm. that excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, like, this was when I was in my, like, I'm going to be the behind the scenes guy. I'm going to do like um, Russell Simmons uh, did. Yeah. You know, with his yeah, Def Jam. When he comes at Def Jam at the end, all right, y'all have a good night. Bye. Right. That was my plan with my. I'm like, that's gonna be me right there. I'm like, I'm gonna have a guest host. No one's even gonna know. I'm gonna put me James real small on the flyer. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, man, that's great. Thing is not growing like I wanted to grow. Mm -hmm. You know. So I, you know, I I said, God, what, what we gonna do? Right. He's like, what do you mean what I'm going, what you going to do? Right. I'm about to say, God was waiting on you. Like, to show your face. Like, yeah, man. So, yeah, most definitely. So, let's stay in each other's DMs. Let's stay connected sure. and sure. um, push each other forward. You know, I'm always following you. You know, I appreciate, I appreciate what you put um, Love it. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Again, yeah. I appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Just you know, talk about most my definitely. life. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. all follow at Leah H. James, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching it on YouTube, it is at Leah H. James. All right, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, Leah, I mean, yeah, Leah James. What do they call you, Leah or both? Leah. 
Leah, well, Leah James. I get called Leah James okay. a lot. All right. Yeah, um, it's like a high, like like Rick James. Right, Leah. right, <laughs> exactly. My friend calls me Leah Bron James. It's so funny. So <laughs> Leah Bron James. Isn't that hilarious? Leah James is actually a nickname, and people don't know that. So my really? nick, my nickname is James. Um, my best friends growing up in church started calling me um, Leah James McPeterson, like as a joke, and like um, they started to. I don't know. They said it just flows. They literally had no reason. Like no one has a reason. But I've been I've been called James for that's my earrings say James. Wow. Like my name and my friend's phone is Samaj because that's James backwards. Like people call me James. Like I'm like I'm gonna name my son Samaj after me. Samaj. Right? Isn't that funny? So wow. Leah James. I was like, if I become a poet, because I've never planned on being here, I'm like I'm gonna have them introduce me as Leah James. My legal name was actually on the paper of my first performance, but I asked them to call me that. So, yeah, people just call me Leah James or just James, but I get more so Leah James than anything. Wow. Yeah, so there's even a story behind my name. Wow. <laughs> you, you, you on that, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Jamie Foxx. Right. Foxx right. is not his last name. Right. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. And people don't know. People be like, oh, James, are you like, and they'll ask me like, all these questions like, you had a black last name. I'm like, that is not my last name. <laughs> my real last name is hella Irish. Hella what? Black. You're, you're Irish? Um, I'm Irish, Cherokee, Italian, and German. Wow. So I'm a do whole you, bunch of different types of white. What are you question? All the time. Wow. Especially when I wear my hair down. People don't know. And like, yeah. So my brother like looks like he's mixed. Like, cause we're Sicilian and Cherokee, so we don't we don't even know what we really is are. Is that offensive to you? That no. question. What are you? No. <laughs> no, cause it's like a genuine curiosity. Right. You you get it. Like mm -hmm. you're not overly right. Like not overly white. I'm not a right. rock. I'm not a. You know, cause right. I, I I read the articles. You know, that is so offensive to ask somebody, what are they? They're not. See, I'm a I'm a white woman who at the time was a white girl who was thrown into like a church full of black people who would come up to me and touch my skin and run their fingers through my hair when I used to straighten my hair because I never touched a white person before. Like they would tell me this. Well, and I would be that's like, like the exact opposite. Opposite. Right? So like I hear, you know, a lot of black women get offended, offended, which I understand because it's a larger scale and racism is a larger scale than just right. one experience as a white person. But like people would be like, I've never touched a white person's hair before. Can I touch yours? And I'd be like, sure. Like, you know, yeah. and like people would touch my skin and they're like, oh, it's so soft. I didn't think white people use lotion. And I'd be like, what? My mom would cuss me out if I didn't wear lotion. Like she'd be like, put some lotion on. Like, you know, my <laughs> but my mom was a Sicilian woman. She was like, you know, she wasn't the stereotypical white woman. So it's it doesn't offend me. It actually um, leaves open room for conversation. And it, I think it's great. I love talking about that stuff. I can appreciate that. I, yeah. I, I can appreciate that because it's on the lines of this news. Um, and mm -hmm. I'll probably get flack for it, but this is, I don't know if it's new or not, but mm -hmm. it's the first time I've heard it where, you know, um, uh, it's offensive to call a woman a female. I, I, there's a reason. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me. So there's female dogs, there's female birds, there's female insects. A female is your sex. A woman is a, I'm a human. So calling a woman a female, it kind of like dehumanizes her. 
And for a long time, you know, women, we have been oppressed, like, you know, white women shorter than black women, obviously. But like, as a woman, our humanity was almost kind of like pushed to the side because, you know, we weren't allowed to have rights. We weren't allowed to vote. Our place was in the home, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's like calling a woman a female is like, no, I'm a woman because I'm a human. I'm a a human being. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't call a female dog a woman. You don't call a female bird a woman. You call them, you know what I'm saying? Female birds, a female, you know? So being a woman is almost like, call me a woman because you're acknowledging my humanity. And I think that's the basic explanation of it. I think it was because if, if for guys, it felt super new. Yeah. Because we had been saying it. I've been called a female my whole life. Yeah, we've been it's saying it for yeah. the longest, and then it was just like out of the blue for us. Yeah, you know, we can't say that no more. Like, right. okay. well, that's I, like a new wave of women's rights movement happening yeah. right now. Okay, and like, you know, with the Me Too movement and like people talking about sexual assault and like sure. talking about their trauma and wanting to be treated like a woman. Okay. I do believe like there's extremes in every end, and there's a lot of feminists who are like, "We gonna burn our bras and stop shaving." I might burn my bra, but I'm gonna shave my pits. Like you know, there's a balance. Like. <laughs> So it's like, you know, it's just a new movement. And I think a lot of women are demanding to be acknowledged as a woman. Like, you know, um, I'll let, it depends on who's calling me a female. Cause if I know if it's a cultural thing, like, yeah, I'm just going to let it happen. Like I live in the hood. People are like, oh, you a bad female. I'm not going to be like, I'm a beautiful woman. Like, no, <laughs> I'm going to be like, thank you. Like, you know, yeah. like, I, don't and know. I think that's what threw us <laughs> off because, yeah. you know, you knew I wasn't trying to offend you. Like, right. you know right. what I mean? So, but I appreciate you teaching mm-hmm. me, but like, yeah. don't like I was trying to offend you. Like, for you know, sure. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 A lot of people don't have, don't leave room for grace for people anymore. Yeah. It's like, teach people how you want to be treated, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and a lot of people don't know. Uh, A lot of people don't understand that people don't know. Like, you you genuinely just ask, like, what's wrong with saying female? I could have been like, you don't know? That's crazy. I I got that. I was like, I'm sorry, sister. I don't, you know. Right. It's like, teach me then. It's like, I compare it to racism, even though sexism and racism are different, but they do intersect. Like, you know, meeting an ignorant white person, they might say a lot of ignorant stuff because they've mm. never met a black person. Like, just how the people who came up to me and were like, oh, I don't know why people use lotion. To me, that's ignorant. Like, what? I'm a person. I'm a human being. I have skin. Yeah. But you don't know any white people, so you really don't know. Like, right. you just hear these stereotypes. Like, you know? No, that's, black- that's definitely a stereotype that mm-hmm. a lot of black people. I know. And I'm like, yo, my mom would be like, put some lotion on before you go to bed. Like, my mom was like, use cocoa butter from the stick type of like on her face every night. Like, I'm like, was my mom really white? Because I don't know. Like, right, right. So I was just raised different, like a lot. So I get it. I get the curiosity and the questions and yeah. all of that. Yeah. So I show people grace because it's, it's from an ignorant place, but not a hateful place. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, mm. definitely. Look, we can we can talk all night. We can talk all night, it's and like six it, episodes. It, for me, it's always hard to close, you know, because then right. I start talking about something else, like I just did, you know. Right, look, same. Everybody, it's the Poet Life Podcast. Mm-hmm. Check out our website, thepoetlife.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page, Poet Life TV. We're doing some awesome things. If you want some gear, go to poetlifegear.com. But look, you know, we're so appreciative of Miss Leah. 
Jane, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, for coming on to the Poet Life Podcast. If you could leave something with the people, Leah, what would you say? Follow your dreams, man. And love people. Stop being jerks. It's like, um, that's it. That's really That's it. perfect. <laughs> that's Listen, really folks, it. it's the Poet Life Podcast. Leah James, enjoy your weekend, all right? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Man. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. All right. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way. Ain't no time.